Hey, we do just, I just want to reiterate what Vanessa was sharing that night, January 20th. I mean, we're trusting that you just, you're going to turn out for that. This is going to be a, a new thing for our church. You know, momentum does not happen by itself. It gets created. It gets created. And, and, uh, and we need to create, be willing to be a part of creating momentum for new initiatives in our churches that we call home. And so this idea of building our knowledge of what the scriptures has to say to us and speak to us, it's going to be an important part of our church going forward. And so we're asking you all to be a help of getting this thing off the ground and moving in the right direction. Amen. So we're going to be looking for you guys to come out and join us on that night. It's the same for the prayer service on that Thursday night on the 26th, that we want to create a prayer momentum in our church for 2012, that we're going to gather together quarterly as a congregation and just begin to pray for our church, for our community, for our families, things that are happening in the world. And we know that prayer moves the heart of God. And we don't want to be a church that gets to heaven and say, God, why didn't you move more? And he says back to us, why didn't you ask more? Come on, we want to ask big because we serve a big God. So, hey, I want to do a giveaway. Does this sound really echoey or is it just me? Sounds a little echoey. We want to give our giveaway tonight to Betsy Anderson. She's back with us after having surgery. Come on. We love you, Betsy. So before the night is over, make sure you find her and give her a hug, but hug her gently because she's recovering. And so if you were here for our Christmas Eve service, you know we, we uh, handed out those jumping beans to all the kids. And if you uh, weren't here, you know that was inspired by Betsy because I went to visit her in the hospital and she gave me those jumping beans. Never even heard of them before. I was like, oh, Betsy, this is going to be a great idea for us to be able to give to all of our kids. So there she was recovering from surgery and on all kinds of who knows what kind of pain uh, medications. But there she was uh, inspiring such an important part of our Christmas Eve service. So we love you, and it's good to have you back with us. So, Hey, I want to do one more thing, and then I want to introduce you to what we're going to be doing tonight. A friend of mine uh, who lives in Williamsburg, he does these and kind of inspired us. You know, we have the reach cards that are out there that we hope that you're taking. You know, it's a way for you to put something into somebody's hand that kind of introduces them to the church. But he has a, a personal family reach card. So Vanessa and I uh, and our family, we created one of these. You, there's all kinds of websites. We used Vistaprint. There's a million of them out there. A little fold over, but just has some verses that are important to our family. You open it up. It just tells a little bit about our God story, how we made a decision for Christ. Uh, it has a little prayer on the back and some next steps. And so we just want to encourage you to think about doing something like that. If you want to get one of these to see what we've done, I've got a couple that I can give to you. I can, uh, you can email me, and I'll, 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 uh, I'll shoot you probably. I, I can probably get a digital copy of it. But you should be prepared in moments like this that God's going to inspire your heart to reach out to people. And sometimes it might be a reach card that gives information about the church, but sometimes it's just a little bit more personal if you can give them something that speaks to your family, that speaks to your own journey. And so we want to encourage some of you to think about creating some of those and being ready for just those divine encounters that, that God might lead you to. Come on, we're believing that in 2012 that the people, as we prayed at the end of communion tonight, who do not know a loving God, that you're going to be a part of helping introduce somebody to God this year. You think about the person that helped you introduce you to God, that you're supposed to be that for somebody else. And you think about the person, as soon as I say it, for many of you, you can think of their name. You, for me, I remember when I was a, a young adult, you've heard me share this so many times. I was a bank teller. I was, had just completely abandoned my faith in Christ. And this family friend, John Tal, he's in my line, was in my early 20s, and he walks right up. And just he didn't care who else was listening. He said, are you still following Jesus, Fred? And I'm like, whoa, come on, this is a bank. Let's, you know, let's calm down on the Jesus talk. But that was a turning point for me. He was willing, he knew that God was speaking to his heart, and that began uh, probably a six-month journey that culminated into me making a vow of devotion to Christ in December of 1990. God wants to use you just like that. He wants to use you just like, and for some of you, you're thinking, well, I'm petrified at the thought of God using me in such a public way. Well, you know what? God's not going to ask you to do anything that's going to embarrass you. He might not, it might not be so conspicuous for you. It might be more in a private moment, but it's got to start somewhere with each of us. We've got to be willing to be used by God to point other people in their God journey. And so I'm hoping that every person this time next year is going to be able to say, hey, God used me in such and such a place to help encourage them on their journey and their God walk. And for some people, it might be their very first step in their God life being created in them. So we look forward to this service every year. Something that we started a few years ago, and we're going to do it every year as we move forward in the history of our church. But uh, we, we set aside the sermon time for, for you to share of your story in your life. 
And so what we're going to do is we're going to open the mic up. And Tim Rogers is, is, I see Cord back there now. He's got a green flag. Now that green flag is important because if you're up here talking and you see that flag waving, that means that you've shared too much of your story. <laughs> you with me? So at about the three-minute mark, you're going to see them wave that flag. And that's just to help encourage you that other people want to share. Because we want everybody to have an opportunity. So there are some ground rules. You have to talk about yourself. Don't come talk about other people, right? Don't come up here and talk about how your husband's been struggling with selfishness all year and, 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 you're, and you're believing God that he's going to get a breakthrough, right? Now, you talk about your own problem with selfishness and how you're believing God for a breakthrough for yourself. So that's one of the ground rules. Don't talk about other people. Talk about yourself. Talk about yourself. This is the other piece, too. Don't give a synopsis of your whole year. Pick something. Pick a moment, maybe a, a prayer that God answered. Maybe it was a, a verse of scripture that came alive to you. Maybe you yourself, looking back this year, you've made a vow of devotion to Christ. You could share about that. But focus in on a moment and, and share that specific thing. And so, uh, what am, I, am I leaving out anything? So I'm actually going to give you the mic. So right when you're talking... forget that I might come up and gently help put the mic back up I'm going to be sitting right there and so and just in case you ignore the flag and you see me come up and give you a hug it's not because I'm really love you although I do that's me saying hey there was a flag that's been waving for the last three minutes three minutes ago so all right so we're just going to open it up and I'm telling you by the end of tonight we're going to take this for about the next 40 minutes or so and then our worship team is going to come back up and we're going to worship some together I'm telling you you leave your heart is just overflowing for the stories that you hear out of people's lives tonight. So, all right, somebody be the first person. Somebody be brave and bold. Don't be shy. All right, come on. Come on, Sabra. And then what we want you to do for the person that you know is going to be after Sabra, when she's done, just be ready, right? Let's not linger. We know that you want to share, so you make sure you come and do it. Hi. So I'm totally unprepared for this, but when he said be bold, I was like, all right, I'm going to step up. Um, this is something that I shared um, around Fall Fest with um, Fred and Vanessa and Christy Rogers already. But um, I feel like it could encourage somebody else tonight. Um, when I first started attending church, which was actually last fall, and we, Scotty and I, my fiance, became members in January, um, I lived a life where I was, you know, I wanted to be a part of God's plan. I loved God. I knew who God was. But I was still, I mean, three years out of college, I was still out partying all the time and drinking and just really not living a godly life. And um, I was known as like kind of like not a party girl, but I was always down for a good time. And some of my best friends that I ever had, I met in a bar. So that gives you a little synopsis. But um, by the time we had gotten to the fall festival in October, um, which I was volunteering with, I was becoming a part of the church and everything, I had to become a member. Um, I told Vanessa that the year before when we had gone to fall festival, we couldn't wait to get out. We wanted to pass out candy and we wanted to leave and go party and go to Halloween parties. I used to set records for how many costumes I could come up with, how many parties I could get invited to. But last year... Nobody invited us to a party. Nobody uh, wanted us to come out and hang out because everybody knew that me and my fiance would be at church, that we were helping out, that we were dressing up, that we were excited, that we had been planning our trunk to be decorated for weeks. Um, and we actually ended up winning the prize for the best trunk. Yeah. So, um, but I told her, I told Vanessa at the end of the night, I was like, I am so happy to be able to look back at my life and say, look at how God's changed it. And look at how happy I am with how he's changed it. And I want you to know that um, last night I was kind of challenged on how my life had changed. And somebody said um, to me or to somebody about me that they just don't invite us out anymore to hang out because they feel like we judge them because we don't drink anymore. And I was really hurt and offended by that. But I was thinking about this today that giving a sacrifice to God is let me rephrase this, that God is not going to promise you that being a Christian is going to be easy, but he says the reward is greater than what you're sacrificing. And I just am really praying into that this year that I'm going to see 
more and more and more of this reward that God has promised me. And that through giving up this drinking and this other kind of lifestyle that God is saying, I have so much more for you. And that you're going to have this because of something else you're giving up that you think is more valuable. But really what I have is better for you. That's a story. Come on, somebody else. There you go. You need to do just like Shani did. Pop up and come on up. Hello, everyone. Um, so as you all know, my name is Shani. I've been here for about a year and a half. Um, I shared, I think, last time that I really came out of a parting phase in my life. And um, over the past year, oh, my gosh, God has rocked my life in so many, so many crazy ways. Um, so I uh, went to the Provision trip this, uh, last year and just, like, got to minister with Donna Cristilada, which was such an incredible experience, just seeing what they do over there and ministering to the people there. Um, and then literally, like, a few weeks after that, um, I went to Iraq. And I never thought that um, my calling to be a missionary would begin in uh, a deployment type experience. Um, I've been writing about every single detail on a blog, but I kind of just wanted to um, talk about one, one story. Um, I woke up one morning, and it was the first time we were actually going to go out of the wire uh, off base. So it was actually going to be a really kind of dangerous experience. And uh, I woke up that morning just kind of spending some time in prayer with God and uh, I wasn't really sure why I just felt this overwhelming sense of peace, like beyond peace that I'd felt even on a normal day. And as I was just seeking God, um, he, I felt like he told me, he said, look at your hands. So I looked at my hands, and I just really felt like he said, your hands are going to be hands for healing one day. Um, I didn't really know specifically where we were going to go out on our route. We went to four different spots, and one of those spots was a hospital. And literally, I'm in full combat gear, and we're going up and down um, these huge steps through, like, all these crazy hallways. There's people sick everywhere. You can smell death. Um, and I just felt in that moment, God, this is my calling. This is exactly where you want me to be. Um, there's been so much else that God has spoken over my life, but I really uh, specifically called to fighting sex trafficking. Um, I'm actually planning to jump into that right in a year and a half when I finished my military commitment. Um, and so right now it's just like preparation for me and just focusing on small things like obedience and diligence in the word and just really practically being ready for that. Um, I did find this a specific organization, it's called uh, World Race, and you go to 11 different countries and uh, you just do random things from like digging holes to preaching the word and that's kind of what I'm feeling like is my calling right now. I don't really know. I'm just Super excited, almost on the point of I can't handle uh, waiting, but <laughs> I am just waiting patiently. So, yeah. As Amanda's coming, you know, as Shani was sharing, I was thinking, you know, she is going to be back in those hallways again. She's going to be in full combat gear, but a different gear, and it's a gear that people can't see. It's in Ephesians 6. It's a helmet of salvation. Shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the breastplate of righteousness, loins girded with truth, and feet shod with the preparation of peace, and that you're going to be prepared for the places that God's going to send you into, and it's going to be good. And we're going to look forward to continuing reading those blogs. Good evening. Um, as Pastor Fred said, my name is Amanda, and I have served the Lord my whole life, but how many of you know that um, when you become a Christian, that doesn't mean that your life is lacking crisis or hard times or difficulties? Um, the last couple of years have been um, extremely difficult for me. I just was married for seven years, and my marriage went through extreme crisis um, for the last three years. And this past January, my husband and I separated. And in the summer, our divorce was final. And this was just some of the hardest times for me, the most difficult thing that I could possibly face in my life, um, probably one of my greatest fears. Um, came to fruition, but during this time, I just discovered God in a new and completely different way. I faced depression, I faced physical sickness this year, times of extreme loneliness, and I could actually continue on and on and on, but I don't want to see that flag waving. Um, so I will tell you that God has been extremely faithful to walk with me during this time. And I really felt like tonight that God was calling me to share with you something that he gave me as a word um, two years ago. 
um, in the midst of the crisis. And uh, one night in particular, it was just extremely difficult night. And God um, just gave me a scripture. And this scripture is found in Jeremiah 33. And it's actually about Judah and Israel. But I really felt like God impressed upon me wherever Judah and Israel was mentioned to insert my own name. And wherever it said something about the city to insert my own life. And this is a promise that I've held on for two years. And I'm finally seeing this promise come true in my life. It says, Behold, I will bring to her health and healing. And I will heal her and reveal to her abundance of prosperity and security. I will restore the fortunes of Amanda and rebuild her as she was at first. I will cleanse her from all the guilt of her sin against me. And I will forgive all the guilt of her sin and rebellion against me. And her life shall be to me a name of joy, a praise of glory before all nations of the earth who shall hear of all the good that I do for her. They shall fear and tremble because of all the good and all pro the prosperity I provide for her. Um, as I said, this was an extremely difficult year, but I can also say that it may have been one of the best years in my life because God has restored health and healing to me physically. Um, I'm on a weight loss journey, and God has been faithful to walk that out with me. Um, emotionally, like I said, I've struggled with depression. And honestly, because of the crisis that's been going on in my life for the last several years, I can say that I have not been myself. And if you know me now, um, I can be a little bit silly and crazy, and that's who I am. And I feel like God has restored the truth of my identity and who I am. And God has been extremely faithful, and I just want to give the glory to him for that. Come on, you can clap for that. It's good. We'll need those. I just wanted to be the first man to come up front. Well, you know, I look back at uh, 2011, I spoke to some guys earlier today at a men's breakfast, and uh, I was talking about how I use a day timer, and I got a little OCD that I like every morning. I go in with my ruler, and I mark off the day, and I was looking at 2011, and I went out and bought a new one. I was looking at 2012 and realized how much stuff I had written in 2011, and 2012 was wide open. So I sat and I reflected back at 2011, and, and we were in a men's group for a while, and I made some connections with a guy, and and he was having some marital problems, but over the year, we really start to get close. And um, he was, um, he got orders to go to Afghanistan. And uh, so I met with him a week before he left. And I remember we sat at the coffee shop and uh, we were talking about what we were going to do while he's gone. He was leaving in May and um, we were going to do purpose-driven life together. Just kind of read through it do Skype and just stay in touch because we really got close over the past year. So I hugged him goodbye and, and said, all right, man, listen, as soon as you get there and you get settled in, call me so we can get going on this day one, day two, day three. Well, about a week later, I was getting ready in the morning and uh, every morning, it's around seven o'clock, I, I heard something on the Today Show and I kind of looked over and they talked about um, a, uh, an Afghani pilot who opened fire in a briefing room, and I just turned my head and thought, man, it's just hard to tell who's your friend and who's your enemy, you know, and I didn't think anything more about it, and I went to work, and it was about one o'clock in the afternoon, I got a phone call from a mutual friend of ours, and he's a captain in the uh, Air Force, he said, hey, did you hear about Ray? Did you hear what happened? And I said, what are you talking about? He said, in Afghanistan. I said, yeah, I heard about the shooting. He said, it was Ray, man. Ray was killed today. And I said, what? He's one of my closest. No, I just, it was a week ago. And he said, no, Ray was one of them. And, and, and the air came out of my lungs. And I almost fell on my, on my knees in my office. I said, Ray, but. And it just turns out that he, with like eight or nine other Americans, were shot. And uh, so I ran over to his house and I spoke to his wife and and just the overwhelming grief was, was so heavy because this guy was huge. He was gigantic, bodybuilder type. And, and, and I just can't imagine what happened in that room. Well, as I was wrestling with that and thinking, oh, my goodness, thank God. I mean, he was in the best place he's ever been since I've known him with the Lord. So I was like, ooh, I was really, that was hard to handle, right? 
Well, two days later, after his funeral, I'm in a delivery room, well, next to the delivery room anyway, and my daughter gives birth to my grand first grandchild, you know? And, and that was this overwhelming joy. So within 48 hours, I experienced this tremendous depth of grief. And then 48 hours later, this, this joy that I never thought I could ever experience. You know, in 2011, we left a church that we had been at for 10 years and, and found City Life. So, so this morning, I was like, Stroud, I was like, wow, God, what a year. And he said, son, it was a year of sorrow. It was a year of joy. And it was a year of transition. And I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he held me through it. Thank you, Steve. Brooke! Okay, this is my worst fear in my entire life. I hate public speaking. But um, I've been coming to the church for like a year and a half now. No, a little less. And um, in, June, in July, I was baptized. And just before coming to church, I struggled so much with depression. And I just always felt so alone. And like no one... <laughs> would ever love me and that I could never ever be part of something like this and out of that desperation I did so many horrible things and I just never thought that anyone could ever forgive me for those and that I could never forgive myself and as we were standing in the water when I was about to be baptized Pastor Fred had me look at the bridge and he said you're going to cross over that bridge and you don't ever have to go back to those things that you used to do and it just hit me that I don't ever have to do those things I did again. And they're in my past. And they are forgiven. And that every day is new. And I'm not going to tell you that I don't ever feel sad or depressed anymore. But I finally found that love that I was looking for. Because no one can ever love me the way that God does. And I've just been able to stop looking for it everywhere. Because I found it. And it's, every day is a struggle. But I just wanted to tell you guys that I wouldn't be here today without you. And thank you. And it's just been great and I know 2012 is going to be hard but I know it's going to be great and it's just really been a lot of change and thank you guys for being a part of that come on aren't you glad you came tonight it's good stuff hey I'm Tyler I'm the reason there is a flag um <laughs> no joke I am the reason uh, but no um all jokes aside uh how many of you guys know that God is good? Thanks, Court. And, uh, you know, he is always faithful, and his promises are yes and amen. Um, well, I just, I need to just testify, you know, what he's done for me the last year. Uh, and my beautiful wife, who I've been happily married to for two whole months. Uh, she's in kid life. Emily, she was playing the piano tonight. But um, I don't know, this time last year, uh, her and I were still uh, dating, not yet quite engaged. And... Uh, I was stuck in a job that was kind of going nowhere in Mechanicsville, and uh, as an engineer, and um, both her and I at the time were feeling, you know, drawn to Newport News, and we knew that God had something for us here in Newport News, and, um, you know, so we just started praying, and uh, November of 2010, I had applied for the apprentice school at the uh, Newport News Shipbuilding, and um, I, I didn't hear anything for the longest time, and it wasn't until about June that I heard, oh, you're getting an interview, but it's not until the fall. And I was like, well, you know, that's an answer, that's something. And uh, so we just kept praying and believing, you know, God's got something for us. And, uh, you know, we got engaged March or May 25th, and, uh, you know, the wedding came very quickly, uh, almost exponentially faster as time went on. But uh, as the wedding got closer, you know, I was still stuck in this job, and I was just like, oh, dear God, you know, what, what are we going to do? You know, I haven't heard anything from the school. I really, you know, know that God wants me down there. And uh, I got laid off August from my engineering job, and uh, the wedding was in November. Um, and, you know, I had to immediately hit the job market and try to find something, you know, just to pay the bills. And uh, Emily, she was working as a manager at a children's clothier in Williamsburg, and kind of same situation, job that's not really was going anywhere, and she just knew there was something else. Um, but we just kept praying and believing. And, uh, you know, the wedding came, and best day of my life, uh, <laughs> obviously, uh, but uh, it was funny, um, I received, I, I, I a couple weeks before the wedding, I received a rejection letter from the school that I applied to, you know, the apprentice school, 
back in 2010, and uh, that, like, was heartbreaking. I was just like, oh, God, why, you know? Don't you have something for us? And uh, then they contacted me and said, well, we want to offer you a general trades job. And I was like, I'll take anything, you know, just to get out of mechanics. Well, I was already laid off, but just to get into Newport News. And, uh, you know, so I just took that and was like, you know, I'm going to go with that. And uh, then they contacted me, like, literally the same day saying, you know, hey, uh, the school wants to rescind the rejection letter, and, and they're going to accept you. And I was like, dear God, what is happening, you know, because uh, it's just back and forth. But, you know, I got into the school, and, and that was just huge. And uh, Emily recently uh, just got a job nannying here in old, over in Yorktown, um, which is much closer to this area. So uh, our lease is up in February, and we'll be moving down to Newport News, and both of us will be working here. And, you know, it just brings me, you know, it just brings the memory of verse uh, Philippians uh, 4.6. Uh, be anxious for nothing, um, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests uh, known to God. You know, so no matter the adversity you face, you know, a lot can change in a year, and a lot has changed in my life in the last year. I went from dating to married, you know, a dead-end job to, you know, great promises, and, you know, just have a thankful heart, you know, just believe in God, and just know that his promises are yes and amen. He is faithful uh, to us as his children, so. It's good. Sister Kevin Garcia. Hola. Um, so uh, Brooke has, uh, we kind of started going the same time. Um, and Brooke knew me back when I was a heathen. So. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a story for a different time. But, um, very different time. Um, so I started coming here. I met Celeste um, on the, the, the lawn of York River East, where um, I was an RA in that, in that building. And she said, hey, you should come to church, because you can win a free iPad. I'm like, I could deal with that. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, and then like after that, I was you know what, let me, let me have the worship team. And so then we started talking, and then I was put on special for the Christmas service. That year, just like, like less than a semester in, um, the people at this church really, when they see the potential that you don't see in yourself, they cling to it, and they develop it, and they grow it. Um, and that's not to say that, like, you know, there's, I am the, the king of backsliding. So that's, that's, my, that's my thing, and I'm tr the 2012 will be different. I'm going to claim that. Um, but this past semester, um, I, I have a, what a psychologists will call emotional dependency, um, on people, and I cling to someone or something for uh, approval, and I'm not clinging to God, and that's really unhealthy. And um, when I finally shared my feelings with this individual that I had feelings with, and said, "You know, I'm I'm sorry, I don't feel the same way," and I cried so hard because my heart was so broken over this person who was not—it's not right for me, not in the slightest. But I thought. That, it was, that this was going to be right for me. I thought that everything I did this semester was what God wanted. I thought, and I thought, and I never asked what God thought about that. And so I cried over this individual for like a full night, and, and Joey was on the phone with me that night, and he told me that no matter what, God was a loving God. And um, when I woke up the next day, I was reading my Bible before I even started into prayer, God looked right at me and he said, when was the last time that you cried over me like that? When was the last time that your heart was broken for me like that, that you were so desperate for my love? And I was at the kitchen table in my apartment. I'm just like, I can't remember. I don't remember. And I'm so sorry. And then he spoke to me again. He said, that's the kind of way that I cry for you every time you don't live the way I want you to live, the way that you have the potential to live God did not call us into this life abundant so that we could backslide and fall into the arms of other people. He called us into this life that we could fall into his arms. And if you are here tonight and you are falling back into someone else's arms and not the hands of our Heavenly Father, then you need to step up. God is calling you out right now. You are not meant to love anyone more than you love him. And my, my, my cousin said to me, she said, the way that I love God should make the way that I love my husband look like nothing. So the way that I love God should make the love for my brothers look like nothing. The way I love you guys look like nothing. 
The Lord is good. The Lord is faithful. And um, thank you for everyone here. God bless you. It's good. Miss Sonia. Now I'm going to get shy. Um, i just like to praise, um, praise the Lord and give, um, give him all the glory and the honor. Um, most of you probably figured out by now that I have tendencies, well, no, not really tendencies. I have OCD slash ADHD. And basically, if you have OCD, it's good to have HDHD because one kind of, you know, kind of helped the other one. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I'm, I praise the Lord because um, a year ago, well, last, last November or October, one of those months, um, I had been off medication for a whole year. I just really felt the Lord um, prompted me to just take myself off of medicine um, for OCD. And uh, I didn't go to the doctor. Nobody told me or whatever. I was either, I'm like, well, I, I'm hoping I'm hearing from the Lord, you know. <laughs> but um, so I, you know, I just felt that it was time. I had been on it for nine years. I was going through a bad marriage. I was in um, a different country, continent. Um, and uh, I remember when I first, I was um, actually um, in school. And I knew when I first discovered there's, there's a problem here. I was studying, doing a lot of research papers. And, uh, and I was doing research for somebody else, and I came upon this thing on OCD, and I said, that's me. So I went to the psychologist, and I said, well, you know, I have blah, 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 blah. And they said, okay, I don't want to see that flag. But anyway, um, and I said, but, and so they put me on medicine, and nine years I stayed on it. But I just praise the Lord, and I, I'm so thankful. Um, my son-in-law says that he could see <laughs> the difference before um, I was would say, oh, what do you want me to do? You want me to clean your shoes, you know, wash your house, whatever, whatever. And now I'll say, well, you know, this is what I can do, you know, in two hours, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I, I give God the glory and the honor um, um, for his um, faithfulness. And um, I've got, still have a long ways to go. Um, you see, like, when I do ministry or whatever, well, I've got to, you know, have 15,000 papers and, and visuals and all that. It's just part of my makeup. You know, I work, I was talking to the Lord today, I work a lot of hours, it's hard for me to transition, so I have a, still a ways to go, but when I was on medication, I was still doing those things, so I'm very thankful, and I just praise the Lord, and it's been a great year, it's still, you know, hard, because, you know, when those times I can't transition, or I wash my hands 15,000 times, you know, or check the door 15 million times, or whatever, but God is faithful, and he's good, and I, and I just want to give him the glory and the honor. Thank you, Miss Sonia. Hi, everybody. I'm Marina, and I'm a believer. This is like an AA meeting. <laughs> I just want to share a little bit about um, this past year. I think it's been a year of transformation. I've been a believer for a long time. I was um, living in Germany, and I was baptized and confirmed there. And as I came to the United States and grew up further, um, no, I'm not supposed to give life history, but this goes to the whole story. Uh -huh. So I was baptized again when I was age 40. But over this last year, my friend Maria invited me to go to camp. And I've never been to camp. I know a lot of children go to camp and, you know, have fun times and do arts and all that, but I had never been to camp. But this was a Christian camp for young people, and my son was actually going there, and Maria asked to come help her in the kitchen there. And I love to cook and eat also. So I went to camp, and, you know, we had all the groceries, and we started doing our cooking, and she kept saying, okay, this is going to be a really neat week. And I kind of had an idea it was a Christian camp, but I didn't know that it would affect me. But it was a one week of transformation. I've been all around the world. I've seen a lot of neat places. I've been to a lot of nice spas, but this was the best vacation I ever had had. And what happened, uh, all day we would cook. Maybe if we had time, we would go and listen to some of the lectures. We would do some singing. And at nighttime, when we were all done with the cooking and cleaning, we would go and do the worship with the rest of the group. Well, Maria kept saying, press in and, and you know, be expecting. And I was like, what does that mean? I didn't understand it. But by day four, she goes, it gets better. And it get kept every night. It was something different, different music, different word. And by about the fourth or fifth night, it was my life had been transformed. 
Uh, I'm a skeptic, I'll be honest with you. Even though I've been a believer, it was always that, what do those Christians have? Why are they always happy? They have problems, but why are they happy, you know? I'm, I'm one of them, but this summer, that week, that night, um, the Lord just spoke to me, and, and Gerald, the, the gentleman that was leading us that whole week, said, Marina, God thinks you're beautiful. I was tearing. I was lifting my arms. I was singing, and God just spoke into me. The, the Holy Ghost was within me, and I felt it, and it has changed my life. I've had a lot of problems. I've come through them through life. That night, that morning, that week, whatever happened during that week, it changed my life. And I can go through days, I still have problems, and they continue to come, but God is with me, and I know I'm strong, and it just carries you. And for some of you that have not gone through the distance and just let go and let God just get into your body and just lift you through, I just urge you to do that because you're a different person once you do. And I'm almost 50, so <laughs> game on. <laughs> Come on, that's good. Come on, somebody else. Hello, everybody. I am Stephanie, Juice's wife. I'm Mrs. Juice. Um, I, for any of you guys that know me, you might have known that for the past um, year, I guess almost a year and a half, I've struggled with chronic um, tension headaches and chronic migraines. So there was a point um, when we were about six months married where I had a migraine for almost two weeks straight. And, um, and so there was two hospital visits that week, and that was six months into marriage. So um, you know how that goes. And, um, and so it was a medicine that triggered the migraine headaches. And, and like my body, it just triggered it so like it wasn't going to go away. It wasn't something I was just going to get over. And um, so I had been on, gosh, eight different migraine preventative medicines and, and eight different medicines for when I actually did get the migraines. And then I had to take, you know, medicine for when I get, did get the tension headaches. And um, everyone would ask me, you know, every week, how are you doing and how is your head this week? And, um, and I always just almost even felt, like, defeated in my answer because I would say, um, you know, it hasn't been good this week or it's not really good today. And... Um, but I, I'm just hoping, you know, that it'll be over soon. I'm hoping that this will work, and I'm hoping that this will work. And, um, and at one point, it wasn't even that long ago, I said to somebody, and I don't even remember who it was, but they just asked me how, you know, I was doing with everything. And, um, and I, for the first time, I didn't say, I, I hope that eventually it'll go away, or I hope that this medicine works or this medicine works. And, um, and I said to them, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to accept this for my life. I'm not going to accept just living in pain every day, and I'm not going to accept um, just hoping, you know. But it, it, and it almost shocked me when I said it. I went to the bathroom after I said it and looked in the mirror, and I was like, wow, you know. And it just reminded me that we have the authority to speak over our own lives. And we, when we, you know, accept God's healing and accept the fact that he is going to heal us and stop saying, well, I hope one day and um, maybe one day it'll happen and I just hope, you know, and say, you know, I'm not going to accept this for my life and God has something better for me and, um, and I'm still struggling with the headaches and still, you know, almost every time I lead worship I have to take medicine and, and it's frustrating, but I know that, um, you know, the devil and, and God are in a battle for, for which way I'm going to go. And for if I'm going to accept defeat and, and um, you know, just, just say one more time, I just have to take medicine one more time. Or if I'm just going to say, you know what, I'm going to rejoice in this moment. And, and um, so it just reminds me that, you know, we have the power to speak life or death over our own lives. And, um, and we have the, the power to speak life or death over people around us. And whenever someone would just bring a, an encouraging word to me, it was just, it really lifted me up. And so it reminds me that when, when we have a word to say, then um, just share it. And so I just want you guys to know that we have the power to speak life into our lives. And that's it. Come on. Come on, we'll do, two, we'll do this one and, uh, and two more. So we'll do three total so the worship team can can make themselves ready. Wow. You don't realize how many people are sitting behind you when you sit up front. 
My name is Dan Poth here, and uh, you all need to hear from an old guy. Um, I spent the first 15 years of my life as a Catholic. I'm a uh, transplanted Yankee. Uh, got here by way of the military. Who doesn't? My mother told me when I was 18 years old, son, you don't have to go to church anymore. Now, why a mother would tell you that, I have no idea, but there were 12 of us, so she was probably trying to get rid of me in some kind of <laughs> distorted way. When I joined the military, she said, good, another bed. At any rate, at that point in time, I became a, an agnostic for the next 15 years. Uh, you, you know, an agnostic is a person who, who is invited to church and, ah, I can watch some preacher on TV and, you know, stuff like that. All the, all the excuses you can possibly think of, I did that. And I did that very well, I thought, for the next 15 years. Uh, then I got involved uh, in a very small Church of Christ in, uh, in Chesapeake. And for a while there, I was really on fire. You know, wow, this is great. Uh, I finally know God uh, as if I didn't know him when I was a Catholic, and I really didn't. Um, but at this church, now I'm, I'm used to speaking in front of people, but you're all making me nervous. Um, at this little church, I became a Christian. I found out what I needed to do, but I did it too much. I got involved with teaching. I got involved with all of these ministries. But what happens then is you're not really worshiping yourself. Uh, then I went to another church, and this is the church I just left. Uh, where I spent 23 years at this church, 15 years teaching teenagers. Uh, I was mission chair. I was this. I was that. I was a multimedia coordinator, the network engineer, blah, blah, blah. But I was not worshiping. And it wasn't until my wife had been inviting me to come here and because she was coming here because of the miscals, and I finally figured I'll shut her up. I'll go. What I, what I saw was, the first thing that impressed me was the praise team. We had a praise team at the last church I went to that I, we had the multimedia booth. I used to make faces at them just to try to get them to smile, you know. They'd sing songs like it was a funeral. But when I came here and Celeste was leading, uh, I said, wow, this is really cool. Uh, because I could tell right away that this, these people were into it. And then I looked around at the crowd and I said, and these people are into it too. And uh, I was just kind of excited. I came the next week to make sure it wasn't a fluke. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but I'm, st I'm still torn between my old church. I still have to do a passion play for them. But I'm still kind of, you know, I've had this week um, where I was trying to decide, do I need to go back to my old church? Do I need to stay here? Uh, because there's a sense of loyalty. What I had to do, and by the way, guys, if you want to stay married for a long time, get a man cave. Uh, I have a man cave. And, <laughs> and I was sitting inside my man cave one day just trying to decide, do I need to go back to my old church? And I just get excited when I come here. But uh, what I decided to do was to sit pray, and it's something I do a lot, um, and uh, waving a flag back there. <laughs> anyway, I prayed, and while I was praying, I had the Passion of the Christ, the Mel Gibson movie, playing on my uh, TV uh, without the sound, because I didn't need the sound. Uh, and it just made me say, you know, I got excited again, and I said, I didn't have that excitement at my church, and this church generates it. And it's not just because of Pastor Fred, it's because of everything. Uh, and uh, it's the multimedia, it's the praise teams, it's, it's everything. And it's all the genuine people who have made me get excited about Christ again. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Hi, good evening. I'm Jennifer. You guys look great. Fantastic. Hey, it was about a year ago, my husband and I came out on a date, because Saturday night was date night, and it was actually Gil's idea, and we came here, and it was pretty cool, because when we came in, we came in the middle of worship, I still remember we were sitting, 
on the side over there. There's a special anointing over there, I think, that night. And um, in the middle of worship, and we were, God had dealt with us. We were looking for a church home, a new church home. We were somewhere, and we had gone to the pastor and let him know we felt like it was time for us to move on. And he had given us his blessing. And um, I was in the middle of worship, hands in the air, was crying, and the Holy Spirit told me, welcome home. And I was like, you know, it was a big spiritual moment, and, um, and Gil being the head of our house, and I didn't want to say anything to him because I thought, well, the Lord needs to speak to him. And we went to a few different places, and I asked him what he thought a few weeks later. He's like, City Life, that's where we belong. And I'm like, yes, that's the place. And um, we were really in a, a season of grace, um, although our responsibilities were pretty steep. If you know me, that tends to be a trend that I'm working on. It's a process in my life. And... Um, we really had a season of grace through the spring and got into life groups. And I really would say that it was probably in the summer, began, God began to allow some of these relationships that we had begun to build with Pastor and with Vanessa and with, with uh, even with a little bit with Marina, with Maria and uh, Jim and Debbie Bell began to come into the picture through the summer and the fall. And God began to um, have iron sharpening iron a little bit here as some of our stuff came out in our lives and bring things forward. And I was sitting back there tonight. I was like, God, you're really not going to ask me to say something tonight, are you? Because the one thing for me as a Christian that I really have a hard time just being completely vulnerable is sharing something while I'm still in the middle of my process. It's really a lot easier for me to talk about something after I've got it all figured out, <laughs> after I'm through it and I'm on the other side of it, you know. And like, by the way, for migraines, got that one figured out can be a total blessing to you, by the way, later. Easy for me to share about that now, you know, not a problem. But um, God really brought some stuff to my forefront of my spiritual life this fall that I was like, are you kidding? It was in the parking lot. Debbie and Bella and I were talking. We were waiting for Keegan at a football game, a football practice. And there was some stuff that came out. And I'm like, why? Have I, I've been doing that my entire life. And I've been saved my entire life. I've been a Christian and really never really ran away from God. You know, it's deeper moments and heavier moments and lighter moments with the Lord. But, you know, I was that kid that was always in church, you know, and bothering Gretchen and David all through Hampton Christian, and, you know, we were just kind of serving the Lord in this area, but God really has begun to deal with me about some stuff in my life that has been here my entire life, and I'm 40, and I don't have it all figured out, and um, what I wanted to share with you is my testimony, the thing that I'm the most encouraged about is to realize, wow, I have way too many things going on, but in the middle of it, God's revealing these areas. He only reveals stuff so that he can deal with it and so that he can heal it. That is the only reason he reveals it. He doesn't reveal it so we have to be scared of it or because we have to run with it or anything else like, like that. And so that was the process for me. And I was like, well, Lord, I don't really know how, how I'm going to get through every little thing that I'm facing right now. But I'm realizing that his plan comes out in the process of me walking through it day by day by day. And that's through me being real in relationships, being honest with myself, in my prayer life daily. There's no instant wake up the next day and all of your stuff disappears. And that anybody, you know, wants to tell you that, I'm sure he wouldn't tell you that either. But I'm in the middle of my process. I just want to be real with you guys with that. And I'm sure a lot of you guys are too. And I don't have it all figured out, but his plan's in the process. So just thanks for loving us and having us part of your church family. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up too, and Nathaniel's going to bring us home. How many of you know that God can touch engineers' hearts? <laughs> engineers, I, you know, God gave brains and he gave hearts, and there's a connection, and I can't figure it out. Um, so I came here the, in the, for the first time in February, and the sermon, I've never heard a sermon on Nathaniel. Um, the first sermon that I heard here was largely on Nathaniel, and Nathaniel was sitting under a fig tree, and he wasn't doing much, and uh, God called Nathaniel, and I'm Nathaniel, and I know God called me. Um, I was sitting in a job where I wasn't, uh, I'm Can you hear me, Kevin? You can go ahead and start under him whenever you whenever you want to. We're gonna do devotion. Tyler. 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 
You just said two songs, so we're finishing our first set list. <laughs> we're going to do devotion into holy, holy, holy. You're good with that because it's the same key, right, Kevin? I can't carry that song. Oh, shoot. Devotion and what joy? You have to take cake up. You have to take the capo off, don't you? Okay. It'll be right. Okay. If you want to start it, I can find it. There's devotion. <laughs> 